move on to, to the, the, the message-ish today. <laughs> We're going to do some, some different things. Um, but a couple of announcements. Uh, we, have, we do have Thanksgiving dinner. We do a family dinner all together coming up. Um, we, we need some help with that. Uh, you know, together, to whatever it is, 150 people typically stay for that, 200 people. Uh, that, that takes, I mean, no, that, well, you have Thanksgiving at your house with like 10 people and it takes like, you know, eight of them. Uh, let's be honest, there's always a couple that you just either won't help or you would just, their help is not helpful. Anybody have those people in the family? Uh, <laughs> but all that to say, that many hands, it takes many hands to put on a meal this size. So we, we have uh, some signups at the, as you walk outdoor, see at the counter and, and uh, we have some, some people there that are helping lead that. We, we would love your, your assistance. Um, uh, if you're, if, it's okay if you, if you don't have the, the cooking gene. There's plenty of practical things. We need tables set up and, and cleaning crews, and there's different shifts. So if you would just stop by that table and, and, and sign up, and everyone takes a, takes a turn, then everyone will get to both participate and enjoy the day. So I would encourage you to do that on your way out. Uh, in, in the seat pocket in front of you, I always want to say next to you because that's where it was for the last... 40 years, and it's not anymore. It's now in front of you. Um, there, there's a couple of cards. Uh, if you're new to us, there's a card in there that says connect. If you want to just fill that out and um, drop it in the giving stations at the door on the way out, uh, that would just, uh, we'd love to just know you were here. We just want to, we're not going to, you know, email bomb you, but we do want to uh, say thanks for coming. We want to uh, put you on our email list so you can know about the events that are, that are going on. Um, here uh, at, at CA in the, in the near future. Um, there's also uh, instructions in there on, on how to give. Uh, we believe giving to the Lord is, is more than just a nice thing to do. It's an, act of, it's an act of our worship. It's an act of submission. It's an act of obedience. And so uh, if you are a part of this house, if you call this church home, then this is where the Lord has led you to, to, for us to collectively pool our resources, resources to, to advance his kingdom. So uh, there, there's some instructions on, on just some, some easy ways you can do that. Um, and then there's also a, uh, a card in there that talks about how to, how to join, take that next step, whether it's uh, maybe join a small group or get, get connected. Uh, if you're looking for opportunities to, to serve, um, that, that would be the card. Just fill that out. And again, just put it in one of the giving, giving boxes on the wall on your way out. And someone will contact you and, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be happy to have that conversation with you, get you plugged in. All right. Um, Nothing, enough of the announcements. <laughs> uh, so we started, last week we started a series called Devoted. Um, this, the, this series is really just, take, we wanted to take a few weeks and kind of uh, together meditate on, on really, uh, the, the, it's a prayer um, that is out in our lobby. If you, if you walk, when you walk in, well, it's just past our lobby, I guess. It's in the, I don't know what that area is called, the atrium, whatever, you know, between the door and the lobby. Uh, there's a big gray uh, artwork installation kind of thing. And on it, there is a prayer. And this prayer is kind of um, encapsulates our desire before God. It, it's what we want to be when we grow up. And so uh, rather than it just being a, a nice hanging decoration, we really um, want to continue to look, at, look, look for ways to, to let these things really shape um, 
everything that we do. Um, and, and the first step of that is us all being aware of what it is, where it is, that, we, that we're praying this, um, and, and that we understand what, what it is that we're praying. Um, and so that, hence, that's why we're taking a few weeks to, to look at it. Um, there's nothing magical about this prayer. There's nothing, um, you know, th- there's nothing um, special in the sense that there's some secret sauce in this prayer. It, it's just an encapsulation, uh, a heartfelt prayer of, of, of I, I tried to crystallize the conversations that we have been having for the last 15 years <laughs> about what, what it means to be a church and what it, what it means to follow Jesus together. Um, last week we, t- we looked at the, the first part of this, this prayer um, and, and that the whole thing is really um, talks a lot about and is focusing on our, our devotion, our devotion to God. Because that's, that's really all as, as, as people, that's all we have to give. We really don't have um, anything other than our devotion that, that we can offer to the Lord because there's nothing, there's nothing he really needs, right? He's God. There's nothing that you can do functionally productivity-wise, talent-wise, that, that is going to impress him. Do we know that? Like the, the, He created the stars, the galaxy, the universe, and gave you your talent. Like Your, your ability to organize a spreadsheet is not in itself something that, that is going to you know, really wow him. Um, <laughs> but our devotion does. And so that, that, that is why, what the focus of this is, that we are, we are called, we are invited to devote ourselves to God. And, and in three specific areas, we think when we, when we see Scripture, that it's kind of um, focused in these three areas. Last week we talked about being devoted to his, his presence, um, pursuing his presence in, 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 through Scripture, through prayer, through worship. Um, and we, we're not going to go back into that um, and that second stanza, and you guys should have gotten this prayer when you walked in. Um, if not, if you, if you want to raise your hands, I think we have extra copies. Someone can, um, I think we have someone over there and someone over there and someone down here. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, the, the, the second stanza is of, of the prayer we talked about last week, being devoted to, to his presence. Um, and so this week we're going to look at that third stanza of the prayer, um, which talks about the second type of devotion that, that this, this whole prayer um, kind of highlights. It says, uh, I'll just read it. We may, be, may we be devoted to your people. Teach us to be one as you and the Father are one. That is, that is a, um, a bold statement, <laughs> isn't it? To, to, to pray and ask that, that we be one as, as Jesus and his Father were one. And I, I would say it's arrogant and unrealistic, except for the fact that Jesus himself prayed that prayer for us. Right? So how many of us know if Jesus prayed something for you, it's probably a good idea, one, to believe that it's possible, and two, to come into alignment and to agree with him in that prayer. So we want to... We wanna, be one as Jesus and the Father are one. Uh, and it says, grant us the strength to lay down our, our lives, our pride, our agendas, our political ideologies, our fear, our judgments. 
Release in us the power to love and know each other like you do. Now that is, I mean, that is a tall task. <laughs> that is, that, that, that's a lot of laying a lot of things down that we hold very close. Um, but it is, it is what is required if we're going to have the kind of relationships that God is calling us to. If we're truly going to be devoted to each other, one of the, the things that it requires is a laying down of self, a laying down of preference. Now, that, does, that mean that, does that mean that all of these things, some of these things we have to not have, right? As far as, you know, what we're, we're not saying that you shouldn't have a political ideology. You shouldn't be involved in, 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 in have opinions about the governance of our, our, our country. We, we are fortunate to live in a country that we, we have, are afforded the opportunity to influence our government and are, are um, invited to and, and, and it's considered a part of our responsibility. And so we should, we should take advantage of that. We should, we should participate in that. We're not saying that, that, that our political ideologies don't matter. What I'm saying is, is our relationships with each other are more important than those ideologies. I'm saying that if they're, if they're rising to the point where I, I don't know if I can trust that person because, you know, they vote for a different color than I do or a different animal than I do or whatever, whatever team mascot you want to you wanna pick. Um, I don't know if I can trust them. I don't know, I don't know if I can... I don't know if we have anything in common. That's the, I think we've reached a level at that point that, that, that our political ideologies have gotten a little too, too big in our minds. We have to lay down our, 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 our pride and our, our agendas. All of us are in some sort of family unit. I mean, you know, to, to be a family, it requires everybody giving up a part of their agenda. Right? And if... If you've got a two-year-old in the house, it requires you to give up all of your agenda. Because <laughs> they're the only ones that don't get it. They, they, <laughs> we haven't taught them yet. They haven't learned that they have to share time. Um, but most of us recognize that, that a, 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 if, if I'm going to be in relationship with somebody else, it's going to take both of us laying down something, some of our priorities, some of our, our schedule, um, for us to be in relationship together. And it's, it's vital that, that, we, that we do this. Um, I want to, uh, just by way of highlighting the, the, the importance of this, um, in John 17, um, we referred to it earlier, Jesus actually prays for us. Not by name necessarily, but specifically by group. He prays for those that would come after the disciples. And that's, that's all of us. I know we have, some, we have some older people in the room, but none of us qualify for this, right? None of us were here when, when Jesus was. Um, so we're all in this, we all fall in this category. And I'm just going to read it um, verbatim because I, I well, can't really improve on what Jesus prayed. So uh, verse 20, he says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Hopefully that's you today. 
I pray that, not, that they will all be one just as you and I are one. There's that audacious prayer. As you, are, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. It's an interesting phrase. Isn't it? I gave them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. It's funny, when, when we talk about people, uh, you know, wanting glory for themselves, I mean, you know, that typically doesn't result in unity, Right? <laughs> Like in sports or, or in, in any field, even on, on the work side, if you have a person who's really interested in, in glorifying themselves, uh, that, that typically creates division and dissension, right? And that's, that's, that's interesting. We, here we see Jesus kind of flipping that on its head where his kind of glory actually brings love and unity. Why is that? Well, because the glory is about reflecting the attention and the reality and the fullness of something. And when we, when we bring God's glory, we bring, or bring his character, his nature, and his nature and his character is one of selflessness and sacrifice and love. And so the more his glory, the more we reflect his glory, the more we act like him, the more we are unified. Verse 23 says, I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Again, there's a lot in there. Um, First, that, that, uh, that there is a love, that our relationship, in this prayer, he says it several times. He talks about how our love for each other, our unity, is what is called to be the, the hallmark of our community. It's the thing that's going to attract others to join the community. And then the, the other, this isn't necessarily, this, this is just literally just in this moment, I just kind of highlight. What, if, what a statement that you sent me. And that, it's almost like at the end kind of a, a side note, but not really. And that you love them as much as you love me. Think about that. It has nothing to do with, with us being together. <laughs> but Jesus prays that, that God loves you as much as he loved Jesus. That's incredible. That's incredible. When we struggle with our identity, when we struggle with are we good enough, when we struggle with, with you know, feeling like maybe God's angry with us or we're not living up to something, what a, what a great verse to come back to. You should mark that, highlight it, click on it, whatever you... Do this. This would be a good one to revisit. But Jesus, this prayer is all about emphasizing the reality that that our devotion to each other 
is a primary function of, of how God gets revealed in this earth and how others are drawn to him. And it's not just in this one prayer. Jesus' whole life was a model for relationships. Everything he did was relational. And we, we, should, we should seek to model, model our lives after him. You know, Jesus had, Jesus had layers of relationships. He had a, he had a community, right? He had a, a, group, a big group of people that followed him around and followed his ministry that he, he spent time with and he, he taught and, and, and they were kind of all on the same page and they were, they were starting a, you call it a movement or whatever, together. That's kind of like our, our, our church is a community. It's, it's a big group of people. It's, it's, it's a group bigger than your capacity to actually have quality relationships with, right? I mean, was, I don't care what Facebook says, you cannot have 3,000 friends. <laughs> it, just, it, it just can't be done. Our, uh, there's been some studies that say for a highly relational person, a, a highly relational adult, 12 vital relationships is about the max capacity most people have. Um, now I'm sure that's, you know, take that with a, with a grain of salt, but that gives you an idea. We, we, you can't have a hundred besties. It's just not the way, the way it is, but we can have a community. We can be, we should be part of a community of people that's bigger than our capacity for deep relationship. That's an, there, there are things that happen in big community that, that we need, um, and we need a place that we can contribute and we can offer our service and offer our time and our talents. Jesus had a community. Jesus also had a crew, right? He had, he had a smaller group. He had the disciples that he spent more time with and shared more of himself. And not only did, did he share himself with them, but they were able to share themselves with him. They went on, on road trips and campouts and fishing trips and weddings and parties and they celebrated the holidays together. He had a crew. Likewise, you, you need a crew. You call it a friend group, call it a small group, call it a tribe, whatever, whatever it is. You, 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 every one of us needs a smaller group of people that we can connect with, that, can, that we can know and can know us. I recognize that these relationships are not, they don't happen by accident and, and they're not convenient to, to form. Um, but Jesus models this for us. It's not an accident that, the, that he did it this way. He did it this way because it's, there's power in, in relationship. There's power in knowing each other. There's some things, there's some truths that will only ever uh, get through, at least for me, my thick head is when it's coming from somebody that I know knows me, that I trust enough. It takes a, <laughs> maybe I'm the only one, uh, but it takes a lot for me to trust somebody else's opinion of me over my own, Right? And so the only, the only thing that's going to overcome that is somebody that I, I, I know well enough to know that one, that they are, they are for me 
And two, that they know me well enough that they, they are telling me the truth, that it's not some assumption, it's not some caricature, it's, not, it, it, it's, it's coming from a place both of love and enough access that, that they see the real me that they're talking about. We all need that in our lives. We need a crew. And then even beyond a crew, Jesus had another group. I'm just calling it the few. <laughs> He had a crew and he had a few. He had Peter, James, and John, who we see over and over again at different times. Jesus pulls out of his crew and, and, and separates and, and just, just the four of them go away and, and spend, spend time together. We all need a few, a few besties. We all need a, a few people that, that we, hold, we hold as much as possible. We hold none of ourselves back. That we can be as honest as we can be with ourselves, that we can be with that person and vice versa. People that, that, that we trust that are, are, are strong enough and mature enough and love us enough to hold us accountable. That are strong enough and mature enough to, to encourage us and tell us what we need to hear, not just what we want to hear. People that we are, we are open enough with that we will let see us without, without our makeup on or our, you know, um, without our, our pretenses. These relationships are not formed overnight. And these are, these are not relationships that you will... You, you, you can find that person in a church small group, but um, you're going to have to find them. Meaning there's no church program that's ever going to, sorry, I, I don't have that algorithm, right? I can't have you all fill out forms and, and, and put it in a thing and be like, oh, okay, well, here's your match. You two are now, you know, super close Uber friends. Go, go do that. <laughs> But Jesus models this idea of, of kind of like concentric, in, 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 inverting circles, if you will, of relationship. And the, 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 the deeper they go, the smaller the numbers get. And we need to be pursuing relationships on all of these levels. Because they're vital. John 13, 33 says it this way. Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. So this is towards the end of Jesus' time on earth. He says, um, and as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. Uh, so now I'm giving you a new command. Famous verse. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other for love. Your love for one another will prove that to the world that you are my disciples. We read this in the earlier passage in John. It's the strength of our relationships with each other that will reveal God's glory and character more than anything else. Jesus could have said um, a lot of things in this verse, right? But he didn't. He didn't say, he didn't say they'll know you by, my, by your doctrine, Right by the, the the understanding of Scripture, he didn't say they'll know you by the nice things you do. He didn't say that they'll know you by by even by your miraculous signs and wonders. All of these things are vital and important and should be and need to be a part of our community. But that's not what he said when when Jesus spoke about how we are going to prove to the world that we follow Jesus. It was our relationships and the depth of them. 
Building relationships is not, is, is not easy. It, it requires time that we often feel we don't have. It requires, if, we're in a, if you're in a relationship for any length of time, it's going to require forgiveness. Because, let's face it, we're all, um, shall we say, works in progress. Right? There will, especially if you are pursuing a, a deep relationship with someone where, where, where you're both trying to be vulnerable and, and both trying to, to give real meaning input, meaningful input into each other's lives. I mean, no, there's going to be times where that doesn't go quite right. And so the only way that you can get any sort of devoted relationship, if you remember last week, we talked about one of the aspects of devotion is over a long period of time. Right? You can't be devoted for a week. Kids, <laughs> God, this is over a long period of time. If you're going to have a devoted relationship with someone, there's going to need to be, uh, there's going to need to be forgiveness from both people to both people multiple times so that that relationship can continue. It's going to require vulnerability, which we talked about, um, and patience. It's going to require, this is going to be obvious for some and, and maybe uh, not, and harder for others. It's going to require fun. It's going to require fun. Relationships, deep relationships, they are serious. They do have serious, they are important, but they, they also are life-giving these should, be, these should be things that, that bring a smile to your face, your, especially your closer relationships. The closer your, your circle is, when you think of those people, your eyes shouldn't roll back in your head. If that is happening, you may need to put some, you know, pink slips in some boxes and some, help, some wanted ads on the on front of your house and find a new circle. Relationships need to be giving us life. They should be fun. They should, they should, it's not wrong to, to, to want to have a connection with somebody that's not just always uh, just a Herculean effort. There are some people in your life that, you, that, that will always be a, a one-way street, right? And listen, as, as followers of Jesus, I mean, no, that was, like, for Jesus, that was everybody, right? And, and that's, that's okay. <laughs> God has put us here and put things in us, and we are to be a source of love and light and encouragement for those around us. It's okay to have relationships with people that's a one-way street. Some of us actually probably could get better just accepting that and stop expecting there to be a quid pro quo in every relationship. That being said, when, you, when, you, when you're talking about the people that you're going to build your life with, it has to be a two-way street. It has to be a, a, a relationships that, that you are giving into and you feel you are, you are receiving from. And that, that can be, um, that can be on, on a spiritual, deep connection level. And it can be on like a social connection, I, you know, like, it, listen... It, God put, gave us bodies to enjoy this earth. And some of us, some of us are really get a lot of uh, enjoyment out of, out of certain activities, right? Uh, um, hobbies, whatever. That's okay. 
that's okay. I mean, things, can, you, yes, it can get out of, it can get out of, out of control. Um, but, but I feel like in church, there, there can be this little, this little unspoken, un, and maybe not as, maybe it's not there as much as, as we think it is. Um, but this idea that in the back of our minds that, you know, the more spiritually mature you get, the less fun you're allowed to have. Right? Or that, um, and there's some of us that, that uh, can be judgmental of somebody. We look at somebody else and then, you know, you hear about they, they went here this weekend or they have, you know, they have this hobby that they do regularly. And for some people, they, they hear that and, and the thought in their mind, of course, they would never say this out loud, is, um, is well, gosh, what a waste. Right? What a, man. I thought they were more mature than that. Spend how many hours hitting a golf ball? What a waste. You know? They went fishing? How long does that take? Listen. If that's, if that's you, if you're, you know, if you got a little red in the back of your neck when I started talking about that, stop. Like, two good, two, two good pieces of news for you about this issue. One, um, unless that person is in your few, and know your business. We, we, some of us need a real, um, this could be, I mean, I mean this seriously, can be life-giving uh, reality that if we would accept and embrace and begin to look at life before we have an opinion on anything, we should start having an opinion on whether we have an opinion. There's a whole lot of stuff in your life that, that some people's lives, that they worry and they stress and they get uh, emotionally involved in other people's lives that at the end of the day, I feel like God's going, what are you doing? That's nothing to do with you. Go, just come over here. We've got like all of this stuff we could be focusing on that, that you really could use your attention. Stop worrying about how much time so-and-so is doing such and such. Okay, that was, I had not planned on going there, but okay. Devoted to relationships. And this is something, I feel like there's not, there's not a, a, I'm not going to give you five steps this morning to, to create a meaningful relationship. I'm, uh, there's not a quick fix to this. Um, so we're going to do something a little, a little different today. Um, I want, um, one of the things though that, that I do think helps foster and, and is, is a part of any community that has quality relationships, um, is, is there is a culture of, of honor, right? Um, where we are quick to recognize and, and, and um, share and, and talk about the, 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 the the meaningful things in our lives that, that God has brought into our lives through other people. Um, I think that's, that's important. Um, and, 
And so I want to do, want to do something a little, little different this morning. Um, I want to take some time and I want to give uh, you all an opportunity to honor, um, thank, or share about somebody else or some situation in this, from this community that has, has been meaningful or life-changing to you. It could be a, a, it could be a person that just over time has, has, has invested and, and really um, encouraged you or develop, developed something in you. Um, it may be a certain situation that a person from, you know, that, that you know from this community that, that really blessed you. Uh, it, it could be uh, a specific thing that someone said to you that, that really encouraged you or, or that helped, helped guide you or, or navigate a, a time in your life. But I want to give you, uh, you start thinking about it now. Um, we're going to do this in just, just a minute. Uh, I want to give us an opportunity to, to do that. I think it's, I think it's important. Um, I think it, 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 it models what we're talking about. Um, and I don't know, as I was just preparing and praying uh, for this message, I just, I was really struggling at the beginning of the week because I was like, I, there's just, yeah, there's not like a, there's no step-by-step guide for this. And, you know, and I feel like it's something that we've all talked about. We've talked about it over and over again. Yeah, relationships, we get it. Um, and so, I, 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 you know, the Bible talks a lot about the power of our testimony, the power of our story, the power of our words. And so, uh, I, yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to take some time and, and, and do, do today. Um, and then we're going to do something else in a little bit. Um, you didn't know you are going to have to think and work today, did you? Was, um, so, yeah, we're going to do that in just a minute. Uh, so be thinking um, and be brave, be bold. Just don't be 10 minutes, Okay. <laughs> Um, and I'll start with a couple, while you're thinking, I'll start with, with, with a couple of, couple of examples, uh, just from my own life, uh, things I, I want to, I want to share. Uh, there was one, um, there was one, I, I won't, I won't say who it was, but I will say it was a person in our community. Um, this was probably five or six years ago. Um, uh, we had experienced some financial, shall we say, uh, I wouldn't say hiccups, um, train wrecks maybe is a better word. Um, <laughs> and we were, we were, we were, Shannon, we were, we were struggling a little bit. And I, it got to the point where I was, I was not in any sort of like um, resentful or ang- angry way, but I was, we were seriously, I was praying about if I should need it, if I should continue in ministry. Um, I was really asking the Lord, like, God, I, you know, there's, there's these needs are mounting and, you know, the checks are this and this is this and, what, what, you know, <laughs> and so we were really praying about, should I, you know, start doing kind of try and figure out like a bivocational thing or should I just, you know, minister as a lay person and, 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 and take a, take a, an, another job, um, and so we were praying for probably uh, probably a, a, a month. We were, we were praying about that and thinking about it. And uh, one day I got a I got a, a letter in the mail um, from somebody in the, in the congregation 
that said, it, it, it started with an apology um, that the Lord had spoken to them a month ago and that they had, they had dragged their feet in sending this letter. And, uh, and, and so they apologized for that. But they said, um, they said they want, they, they want, they felt like the Lord said to send this letter and say, um, this is so that you can focus on ministry. And in it was a check for the, pretty much to, almost to the, to the dollar of the amount of money that we had been praying about. No one knew. This person didn't know. This wasn't a particularly, like, this wasn't in my person in my inner circle. Um, but, man, talk about, talk about a, an amazing, com- God using community to, to answer prayer and, and connect each other. It, it changed, it changed, um, it changed a lot in me. One, just that, 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 that God hears and cares and, and answered in such a profound way. Um, was really the biggest thing for me. So that, that's something that, that's a, one example for, just from my own line. I've been here longer than most of, most of you. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I have lots of stories, but I'll, I'll only share one more. Um, and this one's much less dramatic, but, uh, but in the moment felt maybe a little more. Uh, so when Shannon was uh, eight months pregnant, with Cohen, we were move. I think it was Cohen. We were moving into uh, a house not far from here, and um, so she's eight months pregnant, and uh, and we had like six or seven guys lined up for the, for this move, um, and uh, um, I mentioned Shannon was eight months pregnant, and. Um, so the day of the move comes and I, you know, get the stuff out and I start, start, start doing stuff and, and the time comes for people to show up and no, no one's there. And so I, st- I wait a little bit and a little bit longer, no, still no one there. So I start calling people and texting people. Turns out all of my help for various and sundry reasons did not show up. And so, <laughs> so it was me and my pregnant wife and a whole lot of furniture. That, that needed that needed moved, and I didn't really know what I was what what I would. I felt I was very I was I was, you know, I felt very alone in that moment. Um, and as I'm as I'm, you know, trying to, to figure uh, figure all this out and moving what I can, um, Eric Voss, one of our elders, uh, who was not scheduled, who had had not planned on being there, uh, pulls up pulls up and, and walks in and just says, and I don't even know if he knows how much this, this meant in that moment. Just said, yeah, I, I knew you were moving today. I just had to feel like you should stop by and see, you know, see if you needed any help. And Eric Voss and I moved our house. And that, that sounds like a little thing to you, but I will never forget that. Um, of being, being faithful and available in a moment that, that, uh, of need that is so practical um, but in that, I, I, I felt even more than just the practically getting things moved. I felt uh, that God saw me. I felt that 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 Eric loved me, and um, that I wasn't a, a alone. And that's really what what that that moment meant, meant for me. So, all right, I'm going to stop telling stories so so you all can can have some time. Um, like I said, uh, try and keep them, you know. 
to a minute or so. Um, I'm going to put this over here. I'm going to turn this on. Excellent. All right. So let's be courageous. Let's not. Typically what happens with, with these sorts of things is no one wants to come up and it's awkward for like the first five minutes and then we waste five good minutes of storytelling time. And then at the end when it's time to wrap up, this long line forms and... And, uh, and so let's just avoid that. Come on. Yeah, so feel free. To go. Lily, can, yes, thank you. Please. Absolutely. That's the right answer. That's all. I'm so shy, you know. Um, I want to honor Julie and Medi. You guys are such a gift to our family. Um, if you've never met Julie and Medi, you know. But they live, we found out that they live almost right across the street from us. And last year, my husband's family all came from Columbia. You guys saw some of them here, but there were 10 adults in my tiny little house, or 10 people, five adults, five kids, and it was a little overwhelming. And Julie cooked food for us that lasted a week for 10 people. And then my husband's brother, he was working remotely and our house was chaos. And so he would go to her house to study or to work during the day. She was just like, he can just come over. And so he just took the little walk across the street over to her house. But she's always there to a meal, a ride, a prayer, an encouragement. Julie and Medi, we absolutely love you guys. And it's such an honor to be in, fami in family with you. <laughs> I'm never afraid to come up. Absolutely. <laughs> My name is Jill Smith, and um, I want to give kudos to Jada. I don't know if you, I saw you earlier. Um, back when uh, Jeff and Paulina Nice, uh, always leading kids' church, doing a wonderful job, and Paulina always came up with the best songs, and one of them would make me cry profusely every single time. <laughs> and little Jada, one time, she comes up to me and she goes, you're going to cry, aren't you? And I said, no, I'm not going to cry. And she goes, oh, yeah, you're going to cry. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to cry. So we had so much fun um, because here she is, this sweet little girl, and I'm this adult, and we're buds, and we're sharing the joy of praise and worship, and we're sharing the concept of it's okay to cry. Um, it's okay to let the Holy Spirit speak to you when the praise and worship is going. And then to see her up there doing it in front of us, I just am so blessed by her. Thank you, Jada. Wherever you are. Don't be shy. I owe it to my mom. Sorry. <laughs> I owe it to my mom because she's the most wonderful woman in the world <laughs> to take care of a person like me, which is 100% brain damage, 24-7, and to be my aid and everything. Mm. You know, not very many people can do things like that, take care of a disabled person. Yeah. And do the thing that she does. I mean... <laughs> She's one of the millions.
Well, I'm thankful for Becky and Dave Chamberlain. Um, they help me all the time. They take me to church. They, I don't have a car, so um, they take me to church. And Becky is a home wife. She, uh, she helps me with my transplant. Help. She help. She helps me. Um, she's gonna help me by to take me into her, into her 